Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Take TV podcast. It is the round six review. Big stuff's happening, few injuries. A few of us tried to make our first upgrades last week, but that uh, all didn't go to plan. We'll cover, um, obviously, our scores. The leagues are still flying. We thought it might be a down week, but uh, they continued on uh, nicely. Some injuries, uh, some targets that we, we've still got going forward. Rookies, of course, and then uh, some captains at the end, although that's probably something I don't want to speak about, George. But uh, how'd you go this week, mate? Uh, I don't know if it was good or not, but we somehow went up in the ranks with it's good, scoring mate. a bunch of that. 10, bunch of like a Roberts and Wilmot. So, um, yeah, getting them off the field will be nice this week. So went at uh, 2,000 and no, 2,100, no, I've written the wrong thing. Oh, 2142. No. 2142, <laughs> as I edit that. And I uh, ranked 23K. So, yeah, went up, yeah, ran, went from 29K to 22K. I don't know how I went up, but I'll take it. Captain English, no Bont. And the trades were got rid of Baker, who I was kind of happy to hold, but someone had to go. Got rid of Ginby and got rid of uh, C Mac. In came our two glorious new rookies on the bench, uh, MJ. No, uh, probably can't call him MJ. Call him Johnson now. Uh, Matthew <laughs> Roberts. And I brought in Sinclair. So I think you take a 105 from your trade-in this week. Mate, it's better than Mouse, all right? You you take a 105 and you, you just move on, all right? I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I've, a lot of people would have brought in Neil. Like obviously, Tuke was injured, but there's a few others that didn't go super well. Like Clayton Oliver's finally dropped in cash. Um, so yeah, a few of the uh, big dogs didn't show up too well. So I guess you take a Sinclair. And for this, from now on, or for this week anyway, we're doing our MVP and anchor of the week. Um, it's a shame there's no anchors, but I think that anchor for me has to go to Wilmot, which is... It's probably Roberts on field. Roberts and Wilmot, they can share it together. So I guess this is the advantage of getting rookies off quicker. You don't have to cop these sorts of rubbish scores. So like having a Whirlpool who I traded would have been pretty handy. So I would have kept one of them off. And then the MVP. Now this guy caused a few tears in the Discord when it looked like he was going to get subbed, but it has to be Van Royen. <laughs> <laughs> because they, I saw my season like almost finished when Tyler Young... I've got enough bad rookies and Tyler Young's on 20 and Van Royen's on 20 at uh, three-quarter time. And then it was the JBR show. So that was one of the most fun performances I've seen from a key forward in a long time. Just taking, if you actually look at the replay of the mark, it's like it could be close to mark of the year that he took. So um, no, thank you, no, Damien so Hardwick. This is, just, this, is, <laughs> this is so rough because, I mean, it should have been season over for those that picked Van Ruin over Ryan, who is clearly the better pick, right? And the fact that the Tigers subbed off, uh, what, Miller, Miller, they moved Bolter forward, and so they just cleared up the defense for Van Ruin to start taking marks. When he had done nothing all game, he was like three minutes from being subbed and then sent to China next week. You should have been copying another bad score on field. You should have got no cash gen, and it should be another dead rookie. The fact that he is like in, in the in the the parallel universe that i have to suffer through he's instead scored like a 70 or 80 and he's gonna be good it's just so bogus like 28 percent of people have got van ruin like 14 percent or whatever have the superior ryan it's just absolutely garbage you get bailed out from uh 
Hardwick and circumstance. Like, honestly, just a, a yoke, a big old yoke. For what it's worth, he was on my bench, but I was it was the happiest <laughs> bench player I've ever had. So, um, yeah, Tom McDonald, he's the one going to China, I think, to learn that language. Anyway, JD, how did you go this week? Uh, I, despite my um, disgust over Van Ruin, um, <laughs> I I uh, went twenty three eleven. So I had a I had a pretty good week score wise. I think it was like a top. I was like about five hundred for the for the round and moved up ten thousand spots for, into the top three k now. So two thousand eight hundred. So um, yeah, pretty pretty good round rate, pretty good score, and that kind of just goes to show there's still only a couple of hundred points between a lot of ranks at the moment, um, which is what I feel like I probably put on par and it, it shot me up massively. My trades, unfortunately, were sadness, sadness, and more sadness with MJ Roberts and Took coming in for Ashcroft, who I went early on trading out Ginby and Baker. Um, and I mean, I traded Ashcroft over Chandler, which I think looks pretty good so far. So I'm happy with that. But yeah, Took, took going down is really sad because... I, you know, Robertson took her on field, so double injuries on field, which I guess if I want to give an anchor, it's probably to the injuries this week. Like, that's where it goes. Um, if those two were probably a little proper scores or what you'd expect from them, I was in the chance for the weekly this week. And I'll give my um, three votes. I guess it has to be Bontempelli, who was my vice captain. Um, it's pretty hard to go past a 182 VC, so he'll get the three or the star or whatever we're calling it this week. MVP. <laughs> MVP, George's gone. We'll That's come up him. with a new name. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I have to go through my my uh, absolute garbage week. Um, it's funny, JD. Like last week, you were saying, "Oh, we're all you know fantasy man. We're all on Eno's team for the season." In one week, you've chewed me up. So, uh, part of my own doing. But obviously, you had a good week, but scored uh, nineteen ninety six. So, shout out to to the birth year. That is um, that is not great and. To be honest, it could have actually even been worse. Obviously, getting Took in like JD, same trades, um, but managing to find the captaincy on him was just uh, just a real kick in the balls. Um, and I traded out Chandler too, which was looking okay until once again he, him and Van Ruyen was uh, it was just a twenty year old show. Well, I guess Chandler's a couple oh, years older than that. But Chandler um, should have had a better score as well because he had two of the most garbage. No, don't do that. I've he ever took seen. Van Ruyen's goal. No, 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 no. There were two absolute bogus Like, as just not Chandler's so. good. Anyway. Chandler's yeah, he's good. Um, it should have been close to a ton. Just... Oh, again, yeah, he probably kicked a couple of easy goals too. But um, regardless, uh, someone had to go. So, I don't know. Hopefully, Ashkoff can do all right this week because he was the one I held on to. And uh, MVP. So, look, as I said, I scored 99.96 with two captain. Um I'll say why, because I went VC on Dawson, right? Saw all these people trading him in in the last couple of weeks, whacking the VC on for their first week and going bang. And I'm like, against Hawthorne, you know, they're not playing Finn. I'll go I'll go Dawson and I'll, I'll try and get some of this, which just was stupid. I did have it on Bont a couple of days leading up, but um, that's why Took got the C. And to be honest, Clary was the other one, so it wouldn't have been much better, but obviously would have taken the points. Um Radical Ear and Fergus Green. I'm sorry. Like, they are the biggest MVPs for me the last couple of weeks. Um, Radical Ear turning his, like, cash. He was just stunted at maybe 200. And to go mm. 88, 88, 75 in the last three weeks, two two of which have been on my field, not the um, not the, the Easter Monday game. It's just, yeah, saved me. Because, honestly, Robert's over on field over one of them could have been more in the bin. Like, it could have been the most yeah. horrible ever. So, 
Anyway, uh, look, I guess I have to give Tuke the um, the anchor because he that's exactly what he did. <laughs> he completely anchored me with that score. And yeah, look, he's injured, but we're not giving him an out, JD. He was on thirty five halfway through. Yeah, he was on anyway. He wasn't. So it, he looked it was off. nothing anyway. Um, anyway. We'll move past it. That's comfortably my worst week in, in a while. You know, you don't get to score like that outside of a buy round too much. So um, we move on. But I'm, I didn't mention my rank. I'm still at 4K. So I'm sorry, George. All this complaining, I'm still, you know, in an okay position. <laughs> <laughs> George's sitting there. Just lonely out here, I man. did this in round one, baby. That's why. I, that's where the, the old handshake led 50. Yeah. Took 40. So I bet you. Um, JD, you're next. Watch out, JD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess... We'll just get off the top what to do with the likes of Roberts and MJ and all. You look at your benches, boys. I know we're all doing it, and it's just not good viewing. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you've got some of these money makers like a JVR, even though it was lucky, like a Ryan. Hopefully you've got one of them because, yeah, Roberts is going to be – they haven't given a time frame, but it's some sort of knee. So he'll be at least a month, I would say. Whether or not he gets back in the team by then, we don't know. I think Johnson will play. I don't know about you boys, but hopefully he stays in the team. Uh, I think Chapman just redid his hammy, uh, so yep. he'll be out. But Frederick's you, uh, injured as well, right? As well, so, yep. So it. it's only really Switkowski, but in different you know, should be all right. Um, Constable, we're also holding, I guess. Have you guys still got Chesser? No, I traded Chesser out to Zebel in like round two or something okay. like that. So George has Chesser as well. So he's got all these guys on top of with Chesser as well. So... What are you doing, George? What, what, do you fix your bench? You just can't. You've got I to can't. keep upgrading. I've got to upgrade. I've got to upgrade till I can't and then fix it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, right. I, I think that's still... what you do. Yeah. I like, think I've got yeah, another I... two weeks yeah. of squeezing and then it's, uh, I don't know. We'll hope and pray. But I think I'm relying on the guys that I'm bringing in to make money and then cash them in at later points. I need, I need Seamus Mitchell. Like when I was doing my planning, I'm like, oh, yeah, Gimby's going to get the 350. Uh, Connor, uh, <laughs> Ken McKenzie, 330. Robert's going to get to 300. Well, Jesus, like, it's all wrong. What's the point of planning? So now I need Seamus Mitchell to make a bit more money and Shinkota come in next week. Like, that's where my money's coming from. So I've still got, like, a Tyler Young and Davey and stuff. So they can, like, top up. Get 100K. The field and whatnot. So it's it's pretty concerning. Um, but there's enough good, like, you guys got, um, like, Samson Ryan. He's going to make a lot more and, like, a ton of it. Like, he's been a few almost games, uh, big games yeah. coming for him. So, yeah, again, um, yeah, the plan is to just keep upgrading as normal till you can't and then, you know, have a week off, fix a rookie, do a downgrade and bank cash. So, yeah. Yeah, Ryan plays West Coast in two weeks. So I'm penciling in a cheeky little hundred there. Most definitely. Be finding a way to the field that week. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about it this week as well. I could have fielded him. Didn't really realize, and um, I didn't mention Rouston as well. That I mean, look, he was playing full pocket, but that that's another dead rook, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so philosophy really just got to keep upgrading. Look, and if you're going to cop a donut on a line, of course, try and fix one there, but you just got to cop it. Yes, the bench looks dire. Just uh, quickly, isn't Chester supposed to come back in two to three? Yes, I think, uh, I think was looking at three their or three injury to four, report. Yeah. What's going okay. on over there? <laughs> so you can well, give me like a 25 in the buys. So that would be nice, hopefully. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you saw that, but um, yeah, I, I, I tweeted out today that they had 12 of their 17 were still T2 
to be confirmed. And then a few hours later, they then released something on their website that actually had some of the details on it, which I thought was very interesting timing. But apparently there'd been an article from a Western newspaper where they'd been looking at the same thing as well. So, yeah, it's, it's very strange that they their injury management at the moment. I'd be pretty worried if I was a, a fan. And just or having a quick look, it is... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's two to three weeks on that knee. And I think just given how long the injury list is and some of the names being played, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back in and straight away. Um, Someone's dropping plates in George's house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> must be another Roberts owner. <laughs> um, I guess uh, the other two, obviously, well, Roberts we've spoken about, but Took, I mean, they haven't given a time frame, but needs a trade, JD. I can't imagine... Uh, Terry meniscus being anything less than three, so yeah, oh, gotta move him on. Have to come back and be like crazy news. Turns out it's very minor. One to two weeks um, yeah. won't be any longer than that. Avoid Feels great. Or, or already back and running this week. You know, like that's the type of thing I'd have to hear to be a less than one percent chance of that holding. No, there's zero percent chance. Yeah. Like, okay, still, there's yeah. no chance. <laughs> I mean, he's already traded out in terms of trade plans. While we're on the topic, would you guys, if he's listed as three weeks, is that a trade or hold? I'm trading, man. Probably just trading. Okay. Go on I don't know. I, of, I, I kind of don't coach. want to use a last boost on him. Like uh, maybe, maybe. The, the problem is like the mid bench is what, what we're talking about where people are struggling. So if you've got Johnson, Roberts, and then you've got Took beside them now, like no what option. are you doing for cover? Like it's just so bad. Yeah. Maybe you can move Roberts into your forward line and play. It's just, it's just awful spot to be in, though. Yeah, the fact that your last boost does hurt. Um, so that that definitely plays a part. But you just got to keep upgrading, I think. Yep, uh, that's the philosophy. Keep ahead, upgrading, keep cadence, just go. Uh, yep, and, and yeah. when I can't do a good trade anymore, it'll be that's when I have to double that's down. That's when you stop. Yep. All right, first. Big topic is some concerning premiums. There's some interesting names here that have probably been about the mark for quite a while. Um, but some people ask questions. Some people want to trade them out, and we've got probably go over them here and give our opinion whether we think they should be doing that. You know, obviously, if you have two, you have no no way you can trade guys like this out. But if you don't, and you're clear, and you can do a one up, one down, is it is it logical boosting uh, an underperforming premium? Um, like LDU is the first one we'll get to, who obviously came out of the blocks firing a couple of 150s. And since that sort of calf complaint has really meandered, I want to say, you know, I don't even know what happened. Was it 60 Tog on the weekend? Just gone. So I think he was 69. off for a bit getting checked and something was happening. It was an ankle getting checked. 190, 72, and it's really just concerning. Um if you obviously didn't have two jaws and you you know could do an upgrade one up one down get will day would you boost out LDU as well and for that people was probably using one of your last two boosts this is a hard one because he's he's clearly capable of scoring well and you this you can't really trade premiums now it's the wrong time you need to focus on getting rookies off right the problem is, like, is he playing injured and how much cash is he going to leak? And can you afford to um, cop that cash drop if he continues to look not good on the eye? So this is break even. It's really hard because if they said that, look, he might be carrying something. That's a concern. If they said he was like 
with his health or whatever it is with his whatever injury he's carrying because like yeah that ankle whatever i was getting looked at then i think you just hold JD. i don't know how, how do you trade him out in upgrade season i don't know yeah especially using one of your last couple of boosts i, I don't understand exactly what's going on with him so there's just a few flags with potential injury and yeah coming back from the calf cork as well is a bit of a worry Tough. Honestly, don't know what I'd do to be honest. If I had flush for trades and boost, I'd probably boost him out just so you're not you're not on a falling knife here, just in case he continues to play injured. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it was in my team, uh, I mean, I've took so I, w I definitely wouldn't be trading. But even if I didn't have took, I wouldn't be stuffing around with LDU. I would hold him in my side. I think um unless you're like really confident that he's actually injured or carrying something and it's going to drag on his performance the weird part is as you mentioned like just the 69 percent time on ground last week where he's kind of been averaging mid 80s so it's like 25 percent down in that game um a little bit of a dip in his cbas as well but prior to that point this is the number one rated player in the last 15 games of the competition so you know does he bounce back from this at some point? I think yes. Is he already pretty cheap? He's what five sixty, so he's priced around a hundred. I don't know. Like I'd just rather do two down, one up while you can, and continue to upgrade cadence rather than moving on LDU. I just don't think it's worth it unless you're pretty confident that he's going to back up this seventy with more seventies. But I think he goes back to the at least the low hundreds, kind of high nineties range, which just isn't worth a trade for me. I just don't think it is. Yep. Andy Brayshaw's the next one and I mean not a huge ownership, but eleven percent of teams and uh, you've again sort of dropped. He's dropped all his money now, and he's averaging ninety, and is priced at about that almost. So again, he's healthy player. He's capable. I don't know. He is healthy. I'm pretty sure he's carrying a back issue. That was in the previous. Is it a back era. issue? Did they say that? Uh, they haven't said that. That's the rumor. Right. So, that would yeah. not suit. Now the quote from JL was that he's close to hundred percent. He said that I think two weeks ago. So I guess you just kind of believe that and hope he comes <laughs> good. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's too cheap. He's like 40K more, less than um, LDU. So it's like you probably need to use money unless you're going to like a will day. I literally just searched uh, Brayshaw in Twitter and today. One of the Freo track watches, Andrew Brayshaw, another training away from the main group as his forward Lockie Shields. Yeah, he's probably carrying something. But again, if he's playing every week, can you? He's, uh, my point is he's 520 now. You've, 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 if you still have him, you've, you've copped the blow. Probably got to um, commit now. No. Uh, these, yeah. these, both of these players are the ones I'm going to be looking to trade in when things turn around, whether that's, you know, post buy or they have a week yeah. off and manage whatever it is like that's when i'm going to be looking to jump on these guys they've lost so much money that i just don't see the value in trading them beyond you know just getting rookies off the field i'd rather be fielding brayshaw for sad 90s each week than copying another robert score yeah so assumedly they're doing a one up one down with two of their trades and then a boost maybe you know one of these guys to cogs or something like that 
if you had two or one boosts left, I'd probably say no. Maybe if you had three, you could justify it and just pretend it's an injury, which it kind of how, is. How confident are you that Cogs outscores Brayshaw or LDU next week with all of Perryman, Green, and Josh Kelly in the side? Cogs has been the best player for the last two weeks. I'm, he, he has to With people stay in missing, but he wasn't for the first part of the year. He was bang on average. I don't know how much super coaches, uh, sorry, coaches would look into like super coach scoring. Like he's still getting 30 a week, kicking it inside 50 years. No, he, he, he watches wasn't. He wasn't uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't I, over of him, so I wasn't watching as closely, but he was still getting the ball. He just had I, bad. I thought, uh, yeah, no, that's fair. I think City was a little bit harsh on some of his opening games, to be honest, but that um, could just be a biased owner. Uh, but yeah, know. like, like, both of Brasher and LDU are on my – I'm waiting for their form to turn so I can jump on them. I think it will probably happen at some point. I can understand why it's frustrating as an owner, but I wouldn't let it get in the way of doing other trades. And, yeah, if these guys were in my team and I didn't have Took, I wouldn't be using a boost on them, that's for sure. If you had three boosts, would you? No, I probably still wouldn't. I'd, I'd, like, I want to upgrade. Well, they're still yeah. upgrading. Let's say they're going one up, one down. And they're getting a all day because he's not much, right? Like you can do that easily with. Three. Yeah, but you could be correcting like these um, Bad rookies. dead rookies on your bench or whatever. Like you know, like actually getting boost. cash gen going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like get rid of um, who, who's a good example? Like, get rid of Cowan, Cowan yeah. for Wagner. Bank eighty k for your next week's trades and actually have cash generation going. Like I think that's what I'd rather do than get rid of Brayshaw. Okay. Then I guess we definitely sit on the park or with that with Jordan Ridley as the last one. That's a bit oh, of a yeah. concerning premium, but he is what he is. He's a ninety average player, maybe a bit more yep. if things go well. And he's not carrying an injury, so to me, you and just hold him to the price. Yeah, this <laughs> is one I do have. Yeah, so he's uh, priced at roughly ninety. He's giving you nineties. Like you just hold until the buyers and upgrade when you need to. Yeah. But he's a, easier call to make than the other two. You know, people fielding McKenna, Wilmot. Mm. Uh, like these types of guys, like well, Ridley is not your problem. That's no. not it. No, you got you got what you you bought really. So right. he yeah. outscored Sheasel by like thirty points this week. So you know it's mm. a pretty big hold right there. Yeah, so, we yeah, should add Sheasel to this list. Yeah, look, I'll use the hardest one probably because there's a. I guess he's five sixty, and you could easily make a swap to a. Primo that's not carrying an injury that, you know, someone like a parish is a straight swap, right? But I don't know. I think the play is you just hope he comes good in time. Yeah. Things can go very pear-shaped if he's playing through injury. Um, we don't actually know that for sure. And he only had like a thing looked at, ankle looked at, whatever. So I think you hope he comes good if the club says says nothing. Yeah. Um, it was like Finn Callahan. Finn Callahan was too scared to tackle for two weeks all of a sudden. He looks good again, getting 25 touches. So sometimes you've got to be a bit patient. And that's sort of the might not happen, but that might be the play you have to make given your position. All right, we've added a couple. Sheasel then, we will speak about him. It probably is a fair, fair reason too. Um, just didn't go his way on the weekend. So Hall into the team. Um, Nick Holman always sort of plays those forward tagging roles and he, he sort of spent time on him. Uh, so to half time, he really, I don't think he had more than maybe five or six touches. So he got sent uh, forward of the ball to try and impact up there. Uh, and then obviously North struggled 
doing anything really in the game. So, um, again, got a few touches, but, um, yeah, scored a 50 and uh, um, looks pretty dire. But the problem is his break-even is now up to 99. Um, if Hall's playing next week and nothing changes, how concerned are you with Sheasel going forward now? JD, I'll go, I'll go to you. Uh, like I'm like at least somewhat concerned, but I think he's earned the right to um, have another week in our sides pending Clarkson saying stuff like he's going to play forward for a half this week, yeah. in which case I think he's fine just to trade out now, basically. Uh, but yeah, like he was someone that up until like previously to this week, I was already counting him as a keeper in my side. So I think he's has earned another right to go again, just given the factors of a tag, the corky, the thumb, all this type of stuff. So we'll just see how he goes, but another bad score or another week where he's got a mixed role and I'll be happy to jump off and run away. I think there are a couple of interesting stats that came out this week. One of them was that he'd received something like 17, 21 handballs, um, handballs received from teammates in the last couple of weeks. It was just two on the weekend. So that's a pretty stark drop-off. We'll just see what happens and whether we get some um, reversion to what happened in the first few weeks or whether this is the new norm. Yep. No, you can't trade this week. You've seen five, like, not uber primo, but, like, outstanding scores five times. Wait. He was well, basically F1, F1 this week. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it just well, Toronto was ahead until this week? I think Jez. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yep. You Jez. can't trade this week. There's enough to say that there was reasons, like five of them, as to why he scored bad this week. I guess uh, he lost all the kick-ins to Hull. To, yeah, to Hull. I think five. Uh, three. To He's been averaging like three a game. So it's not, it's yeah. not huge. Um, so I guess watch on that stat for next week. Uh, no, you can't trade this week. You just cop the price drop. Um, you trade him and he comes good again, like he has the past five weeks, and it's a pretty awful feeling. So I'm not running that risk. I will hold and assess week to week. Can I just say that is one thing I found weird about their plan to mitigate a tag on him. We've seen this with Dacos when he has been tagged that they actually gave him the kick-ins and more of them so he could at least get the ball and start to run off and that type of stuff. It's kind of strange to me that North decided not to do that and give them all to Zeeble and Hall, but I guess it's like an interesting aside. It probably goes to how smart Collingwood are and well-coached and just know what they're doing with Dacos. Like, we won't get Dacos that, takes but, the reins um, there. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, well, JHF is there, but Look, he's a trade. I think I can just tick that one off if you're still sort of holding Horn Francis. At this point, he, he can gladly go. Um, I think his number, you know, CBAs were down a bit. Um, yeah. Look, he, he ached out some some 80s somehow, really, in games where he was looking like another poor score the last few weeks. But he can most definitely go. Uh, I don't think we need to speak too much on him, George, unless you got anything. No, him and Setterfield, they're not making money anymore. Setterfield's very annoying because I thought he'd get to 500. Um, it doesn't look like it. So you could have a rookie in that spot making 30K a week or whatever, but instead you've got a guy making no money. Um, I guess at least he's keeping a rookie off the field. But at the same time, you need to make money. So I guess they're, I wouldn't, unless they're going to lose a lot of cash, I don't think they're urgent trade outs, but they're, when you can, they go. Yep. yep. But not Hopper. Hopper stays for a while. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is all about the break-even games. If you don't have big issues in setter fields, how you get upgrades done this week, then I'm all for moving him on. And yeah, Horn Francis, I think, um, is going backwards now, so can get off both of those. Yep. All right, that's a few of the, the concerning players we have. There's probably a couple others, but um, they're mostly the ones at front of mind, especially a few of the mid-prices. I mean, that's a big decision this week, who, who to trade out. So we might speak about that. Uh, towards the end, but um, now we're getting to the fun stuff. Some targets, some guys that might be coming down in price, some mids, especially, uh, and then um, a few of the a few of the lower price players. But um, Maxi Gorn, uh, look, we'll bring him up. Rowan, we could have been speaking about just before, right? And Gorn is someone that a lot of people will be looking at. So I guess I'll just ask that as a combined question. Gorn's five sixty. 228 break even. Let's say in a week or two, he's 5.30. Would you consider making the swap from Rowan to Big Maximus, George? I know a lot of people are pretty keen to do it. I know Rowan's been largely underwhelming, but is that worth the trade? No. Well, we Rowan is uh, he's annoying. His DT is pretty good. His SC is not as good. Um so in, in Dream Team for reference, he's the second ruck. So like I think English Marshall are one and two at the moment in that format. Yeah. I think Darcy actually might be. I think Darcy's just third, but... That 40 probably isn't okay. helping. It, yeah, it's two points um, below. Well, I looked at it, George. His kicking efficiency is usually mid-60s, and this year it's 43 or something really low. So obviously that's only a six-game sample, uh, and then he's... Clangers are up, yeah. Kick clangers are up a couple. So he's whatever is happening, he's kicking. He's not great, and it's probably a lot of hack kicks from stoppage when he's you know takes out the ruck and stuff. So that's not going his way. Everything else is pretty much on par, and especially with his 2019 season when he was sort of 115 in the ruck, uh, 110, 115. uh, Everything else is on par. Besides that, so that's the main point I think where he's losing 10 or so points a game. I think it's um, if you it want to get around, it's my point. Yeah, that's good that you point that out. I didn't realize that. Um, I guess if you have Grundy, you can it's make this swap next week. You can bet against English. Do you really want to pay seven hundred for English? Um, Do I want to own either of these rucks? Is that that's my question? Uh, so so one played a lot like, forward I, as well. Second half, he played full forward. They switched it all the time. So is that going to keep happening? Do you want to even be part of that, JD? Like a couple of things here, right? Um, English is R1 and R1 by a lot. It's it's like 25 points probably, like 20 to 25 points. And I think part of the reason why we avoid paying 700K for a lot of these other guys is because you can generally find someone cheaper that's going to average somewhat. Within less... That, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you had, what, Bont at 620K to start the year, and he's a 128 average, which is past-led, and now it's comparable to Oliver, right? Like, you can, not always, but you can find guys that are comparable, especially in other lines. But when English is that far over, like um, R1 and 2, if you don't have him, I think you have to get him at some point. Death-riding him feels like it's going to be a season-ender. It's really tough because it's just one of those things where you feel like as soon as you trade him in, he's going to get injured or concussed or something like that. And I appreciate that. But I just think like his um, value over next best is so large, you just kind of have to get him. Um, In terms of like Marshall to Grundy, I think this might... Sorry, Marshall to Gorn. 
this could be the type of trade where like if you're in a position like me where maybe in a couple of weeks I can't do an upgrade anymore um, and so I have to do a rookie fix and then Marshall de Gorn's about the same or it's a little bit down, maybe I could look at it to differentiate my team. But I'm not jumping you know, for joy to go and do this trade because once again, I want to get upgrades done. If I can continue to upgrade and it means avoiding that, then fine. It's only by like some strange circumstance I think that you'd be trading to Gorn or Gorn would just have to look really, really good over these next couple of rounds to, to warrant that, like back to the 140s or whatever that we saw in week one and just looking like the dominant ruck. Yep. Yep, I can I can totally get behind that. Um, I get yeah. forward status way on that. I yes. don't think so. I don't, yes. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I'd look, so you expect surprised. you expect as he gets a little bit healthier off the injury to get more and more time in the ruck, but they look pretty threatening with him up forward, and Grundy can't play elsewhere, so it might be close. Uh, I guess it's just going to be a, what four next four games. See what happens. See if he can get there. Um, we we can bring up. There was an article released this morning. I'll we'll go over that towards the end. Thirty-one percent, um, I think. So yeah, needs to average four percent more. You know, get up there over the next four weeks. It wouldn't surprise me if they just manage him forward for a bit. Like they want him healthy for the back half of the year. It wouldn't That's either. True. And if JVR stays in the team and it's just petty, maybe they like to keep Max up there as a bigger threat. And you know what I mean? Because yeah, for three quarters, Gordon was the target, right? You know, JVR wasn't doing anything or he had done nothing, and um. Petty hadn't really done nothing either. I think he grabbed, took a mark late in the game as well. So Max was the key target. Unfortunately, he just can't kick. Um, that's always been the case. Jack Steele, you've written here, George. A bit of a sad one to see and watch him play on the weekend, isn't it? Um, oh, that was the worst game he's ever played. Uh, oh, I heard him Yeah. And I give him all the excuse in the way. Should, I don't know really why he needed to be rushed back. Saints are flying. They're on top of the ladder. They, you know, they're managing without him. Um for someone who, yeah. I mean, we all saw the leaked x-ray. He literally snapped his shoulder in half. What, why is he playing three weeks later? I'm not too sure, but of course, we aren't doctors. So he's going to be very enough. Yeah, He's yeah. going to be 500, George. He's going to be very cheap. I mean, this, this is a blessing, by the way, for us. Um, we were talking about cash crisis. We've got money going out. You're going to have to find discount guys. And so being able to pick up someone like Steel for low 500s, gonna and we'll talk about some proven. of these other ones, but like these are the types that you're just waiting for them to turn. You're waiting for that first good sign and jumping all over them. Um, I think a couple of other interesting like implications for this round is that obviously part of jumping on Sinclair was the the thought that with Steele coming back, he'd move back. Um, but we actually saw Sinclair's CBAs go to 42%, which is his season high so far. Um, Clark picked up to 42% as well. And Steele also had 42%. So they eased him in with basically like a half load in the midfield and it showed he just didn't look good, particularly good jogging around for a lot of it. Um, so I think like watching his CBAs and probably his time on ground over the next few weeks should start to give you an indicator for when he's getting back to match fit. Um, but yeah, like sad to see him play. I'm really excited about him as an option. We just got to wait for some signs that things are turning. George, before you speak on Sinclair, what, what's this going on? Like two weeks, it was the second half strictly mid. This week, it was the same thing. He had zero out of seven first quarter, two out of seven in the second. Comes out in the third and he's the leading mid, you know, played the most in that quarter and then the fourth sort of a couple out of three. So 
what's this second half mid move? It's like it's a designated move every second half. He's I don't know. He gets like... sixty points in the first half playing defense, and then now he's a midfielder for the second half. It's weird timing of it. Like it's not just a natural rotation right in and out. It's so th- wasn't the second half that, thing. Um, Ed Kerno was giving him attention. He was yeah, that game. Half. Yeah, so that might yeah. have played a role. Maybe he wasn't due to go to the midfield until that happened. Maybe you're right. So. I don't know. Because Ed didn't follow into midfield. Ed didn't play midfield at all that game. And so. and to be honest, I thought Sinclair was more impactful in the second half of this game when he was forward of the ball. Like some of his entries inside 50 were really nice. Yeah. Are you concerned about continuing George or you think it should be okay? Still for oh, like, I still 100 think average can, maybe? Yeah. If this continues, probably around the 100 mark, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Uh, he's a good player. Probably work his way into the season a bit more as well. Like, yeah, he was their best on. Um, I don't know, like maybe it's just a lever they can pull when they're trying to change things up. So I don't know, don't know if it will happen every weekend. Obviously, still with 44% CBAs, I it's highly doubt realize. that continues. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, keep still, it on. Sinclair's all right, he's a decent target. You, like, there's no rush, it's just if you don't know who else to get, you need a defender with a that helps you buy structure, and then yeah, still just see how he goes. Fun fact on steel, um. Guess how many DT points he scored in the second half of the fourth quarter? That's a very odd. I'm going to go <laughs> like 25. Probably like second 30. half of the fourth maybe. quarter, yeah. 44. Oh. So in the last 15 minutes that, of the game, like real game time, he chucked on 44 points, junked it up late. He, yeah, he needed to put stuff the stat sheet somewhat. wasn't happy with that. So I'm I think it was mostly uncontested stuff. So... Um, yeah, see how he goes. So just quickly, the other thing on Sinclair, like he's now about what, 13, 14 points a game down on last year. I was having a quick look as to why he's only tackled four times this year. Yeah. He was averaging about three a game last year. And I think he had a better market game more, but his disposals are roughly the same. So like, I would say that's odd and that fixes itself up. Um, Mm. what? He's he's priced at about 105. I think you get about 105. He's I think he's still fairly priced as a pick, and there is some upside. I don't see him going below what he's averaged at from here. Yeah, I think you see a lot of the other guys. They just have like you saw like Liam Baker, like short, completely destroyed him. You see like the dogs rebounders. Like there's nothing that can really go wrong with Sinclair. Like he's the main defender when he's there, and the CBA mid he can still score okay. Although we'd like him in defense, so. And they like There's the ball, get the ball in his hands, here. even when he's yeah. in the midfield. They look for, you know, they want him kicking it inside 50. So I think he's like uh, a safe, safe pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, just quick, like, last thing on the, like Sinclair Steel talk. Um, like, Sinclair's got that first buy. So if he ends up being your last defender upgrade around that point, then so be it. I don't think he's going to go on that, you know, stretch of 120, 130 games like we saw last year and price you out. Could be wrong, but I'm happy to leave him to upgrade at that point. Uh, so, yeah, Gorn and Steel, a couple of cheap future targets. Mills is one that already is, yeah. I mean, these guys are already 550, but Mills is also there. Played a lot of defense the last couple of weeks to cover for some injuries. Has a 128 break even. Again, talking about the cash crashes, JD. Someone that if they get players back, he gets back to, you know, even if it's just 50, 60% CBAs. I mean, that is more than enough for someone like Callum Mills, priced at, you know, mid to low 500s to... Uh, Warrant jumping on for um, pretty cheap, you know, not going to cost you much from a setter field or a, you know, maybe a hopper bit down the track. You know, you obviously you want to see the the boys back, the, uh, at least Tom McCartan. I don't know if Paddy will probably ever be back this year, at least. 
Um, Rampy, of course, uh, and I think they lost Fox right to the, another bloody concussion from from Duncan. So yeah, you'll probably want to wait a couple of weeks just to see that Mills has actually been moved back out of the defence and at least getting some mid time. And yeah, you boys be keen on someone like that at, at that sort of price. Sort of hoping it's defender status because uh, Paddy's TBC and his brother is a test. So it's one key defender they should get back. He played key position. So saw him on the square with Hawk, um, the vision of that lining up on Hawkins at the start of a center bounce. So Mills is Mr. Fixer. He's not really a midfielder. Like He's not a permanent midfielder. He's Mr. Fixer. He's utility. Should but like, in, any, in, in any role, he, he should be able to go 100-odd. And if he gets DPP, then that's a target I'll be looking at because he has the upside when they come to their senses and put him in the midfield, which Look. might not happen. But if the price is right and the DPP is there, then yes. But if he's only mid, then it's just a wait and see how they line up. I want to see a block of form, you know, midfield role. But that could change at any point. But at least, you know, the floor should be around 100. JD, yeah. if he gets DPP, it's an absolute lock. I mean, I think so. The bigger question I mean, is if he's mid only still and he's... Yeah, getting which some I, more mid time. Would you be? Interested? I'm, I'm interested as mid only anyway, but it does come down to I think either defenders coming back and him going back to the midfield, or a midfielder going down and him kind of getting a role in there. So either of those. But he was a top eight mid last year and only had I think low fifty percent <laughs> CBAs, which was the lowest of the top eight. So he doesn't necessarily need a ton to get there, but he does need some, and I don't want to see him playing. Zero. position defense yeah. um yeah he's had i think 27 0 and 10 over the last three weeks he's actually only had one game this year over 36 percent. so um need yeah just, yeah 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 we need to see some uh change change for um him to be relevant spoke about brayshaw he's pretty cheap and again would you have to see some turn in form or you know supposedly he's carrying some injury been training away from the main group repeatedly uh, in certain weeks, a couple of very interesting ones. Chad Warner is below 500k now. Someone that people were maybe keen on to start the year, maybe very, very early in preseason. Obviously, finished the end of last year very strong in the finals and whatnot. He's 492k now. Again, probably not someone you'd look, be looking at because he has had a pretty average start to the year. Um, but he's bloody cheap. Uh, 142 yeah. break even as well, so you could probably see. But, I mean, he's scored – he's had an 80 in there, 50, an 80, and a 60, right in between a 137. So, not great going. Um, yeah, so any this, interest, JD? This was my inclusion on the list just because of his price and if we're going to be looking for value, guys. Swans have been smashed around the start of the year. You kind of got to wait for their, I think, form as a team to turn. But over the last nine games last year, I think he averaged 107. He got tagged once or twice in that stretch. He was really on quite a hot streak. And that was after yeah. starting the year pretty poorly with like multiple sub-80 scores at some point. So, uh, yeah, waiting for Chad. <clears throat> so apologies. Al along with um, the Swans form to turn. And if it does, I think, you know, sub-500K for him is ridiculously cheap. And that is someone that you could be looking at as a, a discount um, player in your midfield. And then I guess just rounded out, this is the last one I popped in here, which is Wines at uh, 410K. He's got an 80 break even this week. And this is just, once again, really cheap. I'm not sure you could ever go to him and like what you'd need to see to be convinced that Wines is back because he's just played so far below his Brownlow year, really for a couple of years now. But 
Um, that's the super deep option there if you're looking for for really cheap midfielders. George, what do you think of those two? Pass. <laughs> uh, I don't want to stress going into a game having to watch those two play. I think Chad can turn it around. I think Wines off the limited preseason and he's not getting the CBAs he used to. They're rolling heaps more players through there. So Wines is a no. Chad's probably a no, but he's capable. Um, and then the other one's Rao without Took for a bit. Uh, he's improved. His tackle numbers are probably carrying him at the moment and contested numbers. He'll be, let's see, like 450k 460 he's got a 31 break even so i think unlike some of these other guys which are like let's wait and see wait for the form to turn rail is kind of one it feels like you've got a bit of a decision on this week if you want to go yeah Nah, like i got money issues but we'll cross that bridge when it comes (laughs) not that bad i got issues but i'm not that bad (laughs) i mean i'm thinking of keeping hopper so (laughs) maybe (laughs) we are (laughs) we'll see what happens um i'm like two three injuries away from like having to keep hopper i think so uh nah i don't think that's nah it's kind of interesting because i'm pretty sure i'd rather have Raul than hopper from here that's interesting. You're probably average similar. Like mid 90s, maybe. I guess, like, yeah. I mean, Rao's going to get I'm, a good patch of being the number one guy, no, or at least. I'm, I'm getting off Hopper at some point. There's no way I'm keeping him. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't be trying oh, Rao either. If we have to keep him, then you're not probably going that well. <laughs> so, oh, that's that's the point. He's not a keeper, but yeah, money. To be fair, trades. these. Yeah, look, he dropped a couple of 60s without the... He'd be, he's going well. Anyway, we'll move on. We've uh, spent a bit of time there. We filled we've up the watch some, lists. Um, yeah, let's well, we've got more. Let's move to the now this week. Big uh, targets, guys that we think are near the top of their line. So we'll start with a, a few mids. Clary Oliver. JD is salivating at this. Um, after Not really. I don't think I can afford him even if he gets to 620. <laughs> <laughs> Money problems. <laughs> Um, no boosts, no money. Look, it was probably coming. He had a f- couple of average. I mean, he can be a clanger collector at times. Oh my god! Was. The last um, since I've got him, all he's done is turn it over. Yeah. And, oh my goodness! Yeah. He plays north. I, I'm expecting a bounce back. Anyway, continue. Uh, well, I was just about to say that, George. Doesn't this reek of last year when I didn't have him right? He dropped the seventy or whatever. Well, I mean, that was worse. But against Port for no reason, doesn't get tagged. Next week plays the Tigers. He's in a 180 break even and he hits it. So whatever it was, 160, 170. So similar thing here, 169 break even and he's down to 670K, but he has North this week. Yeah. Which if you don't have him, are you waiting? He's got, he's got a 145 average in the last three against them. But just given the form that we've seen out of the last couple of weeks, as well as the Clangers coming off the flu, I'm the still waiting. Yeah, I'm yeah. greedy. I'm not paying 670 for him. I want, I want blood. Yeah, so if he scores 136, they've got him, he's 650. And then he'll have a a 170 break even still. Oh, so, uh, actually, no, that might be wrong. One, I know that might be right because, yeah, still has at 98. So, look, we need him to go big, George, as owners. And, yeah, if you're not owning him, you just sort of hope he puts two in a row that aren't too flat. Like, even a 110, right? And you'll still wait for him to come on down. So, I reckon um, he copped a shoulder knock as well. Yeah, I mean, I miss game. stuff, but I'm at the game. But um, okay, he was just crediting. He looked it all right. Like I didn't realize all, right. yeah. all, all these disposals were clangers. So yeah, 
that's just unfortunately what happens when that happens early too in a game like that. Then your team comes from behind and wins, and you're not really a major part. I mean, he kicked a nice goal, but it's too hard to come back from in yeah. Supercoach. Score should have been worse again. Oh my god! <laughs> well, hang on, the year before, the week before, he got. 20 touches in the fourth quarter and there was no scaling to be done Wait, before so, yeah no yeah there was that was a close game probably plus 30 points on him yep that's sometimes the nature of it if you don't come out you win some you lose some um so yeah we, we all say wait on him another week um Petraka is an interesting one we'll obviously group the d's mids together here obviously got the same fixture that we i mean fixture probably gets thrown around more than it should but it is pretty cake for Melbourne still. Um, and Petrak is at 576. Has anyone got any interest with him? I feel like after the last couple of years of, you know, at some stage him being in our teams, people have maybe fallen out of love a bit with track, but um, had a big off-season, big TikTok off-season. So is he due to go bang at some point, JD? He's currently sitting in my midfield at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had exactly enough money to get him. That's yeah, the like price this is a, nice. Yeah, the price is nice. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, 576k North Gold Coast Hawks and X3. Petraka is like one of the biggest downhill skiers in the comp, <laughs> I reckon, when it comes to looking at Supercoach scoring and, and when he scores well and when he scores poorly. Uh, and like, Con, you, you're chalking all three of those up as wins, surely, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so last year in wins, he averaged 121 in losses, 88. Uh, and then against bottom 10 opponents last year, he averaged 122. And I see three wins against bottom 10 opponents. So I feel like this is a partly because I'm forced into it with money. I think there's other mids I'd rather have. But uh, if I'm going to try and time a Christian Petrarca fixture, it seems like now would be the go. Any interest, George? Yeah, probably last upgrade. <laughs> he can have these down games. I've owned him for a few times, and yeah, it's just he can be a bit up and down. So I'll wait it out. Yep. But I can see him in my midfield at some point, and I think his his CBAs are quite high. Like he had one forty three game in there, but everything else is above sixty five, between sixty five and eighty. And yeah, don't think he's too far off forward status. So. Uh, like I'm not penciling that in like as a forward target, but yeah, see how he goes. Uh, he's still a target if he's mid status, so so or only mid. So I'll look at him later in the year. Interestingly, the Tigers game was the first game he led CBAs. So Clary had his lowest for the year at 76, and Petraka had his highest since round one at 79. percent Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't read into that too much. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Marginal, obviously, timing of goals and whatnot. I mean, he thought he, I thought he was probably their best player, personally. I guess Viney was pretty good, too, but I thought Track was pretty good. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the timing does make a lot of sense. Um, Just looking at his scores, he has a lot of, like, from last year, a fair few sub-tons, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine sub-tons throughout the year, not including finals. I guess one was a flu, so... He's that player. I think he can but go he 160, can have, but can yeah. go 80. So yeah, so you hopefully you time it right, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. Still think he's a fine target. And if you're timing it in round six, you're owning him for quite a stint. So you might strap in roller those up and down. Strap in. Yep. We'll move on to RLB George, Rory Laird, someone I wish Bruff. I brought in instead last week. Bruv, yeah. unfortunately, I didn't. 
didn't start hot, but just tackled his way to a nice score as as he's done in the past. That was the one thing that was probably missing from him early in this year. And well, to get what twelve, I think it was on the weekend. It's getting a bit colder, so you know he's going to start <laughs> hugging a few more people to get warm. Um, so yeah, he's a pretty. I mean, one hundred three break even. So he's. I think gone well in Collingwood against the pass. He's bottomed out. Although obviously Collingwood are they're chewing up points this you know last probably year um, back half of last year and started this year they're they're sucking points from teams. So maybe it doesn't go as well this week. But it's Rory Laird and you know he'll probably still go okay. So um, probably the clear target. You know obviously he's the most expensive besides Clary, but um, better hit his straps. I think. Yeah, he's just safe. Probably goes around 120-ish. Um, not much more to add. Yeah. And with a bit of upside as well. But, yeah, he's just safe. You know he's going to be top eight. You know that you're paying gonna... less than what he can do. So might not reach those heights. Crows are playing a bit quicker. You know, like Rochelle and accelerating through stoppages as much as he can. Uh, they threw Sloan in there as well um, a fair bit. I don't think that'll hold That'd every week, but he'll be used there at times. So, I mean, yeah, he's a good target. So, if you can grab him, then why not? One last thing is he, I think, yeah, like you said, playing quickly. Maybe his kicking like, ratio is down just due to that. So, a lot more handballs to you, kicking players that move it on quickly. So, yeah. Long as attack, I, think, good, I, I reckon he said yeah. that, that he's focusing more on dishing it out to Dawson or something like that. I did see a quote. I vaguely remember that, yeah. So, there you go. So, this year, I mean... Previous two years, 14 a game, 14 a game with 17, 18 handballs a game. This year, only 11 kicks a game with still 18 handballs. So there's a bit of a drop-off in points there. So we're not expecting high 120s, but still pretty – it's still 115 yeah. plus, JD. So, so like two conflicting things for me on Led this week. Um, one, his track record against Collingwood is 161 over the last three. He's absolutely feasted on them. But the Collingwood midfield that we're seeing this year is just – different to this past team. years. I yeah. think they're like number one rated or roughly thereabouts for stopping super coach scoring. So I'm, I'm really unsure as to read into this as like, this is a great week to bring in Laird because the matchup's positive or this is actually a week that maybe you could wait because maybe he doesn't even make a 103 or just barely makes it and he still has some more cash to drop. Yeah. Look, either way, I think you probably want him in your team at some point. So if it's a... You might get yeah. it yet. It's an average week against the Pies. You can hack it, George, because you've got you've got him in your team, and he's he's yeah, as I said, probably about to go go. I think next week you'll still have a okay break even. So yeah, I'm fine with getting him. Um, yeah, much more need to be said about him. Really, a bit more interesting is someone like Sam Walsh, who, well, if you ask a Carlton supporter, the way they play isn't isn't great to watch, but it's good for Supercoach because. They fling it around stoppage and backwards like no tomorrow. You know, him and Chera and, well, especially Hewitt, he's the one flinging it backwards because I think he had 30 touches for 30 metres gain. So, but Sammy Walsh is, is yeah, skyrocketed back up to their number one CBA mid only after one, you know, one extra week. So, um, interesting. They, they sort of fully kicked out Maddie Kennedy now and Kerno and just stuck to a, a, a strict four there. Does that continue? Probably hope so, but comes up against West Coast this week. Would you want to jump on Samuel George? Or what do you what do you think I'm gonna say? No. Hopefully you say no. He's had no preseason. It's been exactly he's come back from injury. There's no way. 
I look, I died on the hill with English and it didn't work out. So, <laughs> but I don't like when there's, there's alternatives, options. there's alternatives yeah. that have had a full preseason. I owned him last year and I reckon he was carrying the back because he didn't look right. And then it was a laid out. So, but yeah, but he looks really good. Looks fit. Like even though it is, it has been an interrupted preseason. Um, sounds like he's had like a lot of time to build. That being said, it's still a limited preseason. So, um, it's a no for me. He could be good. And the CBAs have jumped. Whereas last year they were, I haven't looked. I reckon they would have been fifties or sixties because he was rolling up from half forward a fair bit. They had all those other names in there, but now they've kicked Kennedy out. We saw the year before high CBAs. He's a one twenty player. So he might be a good buy, but again, like, why would I get Walsh when like Laird is there for twenty k more? Who's had a full preseason? Yep, it's fair enough. Um, so breaking news before we uh, return to our scheduled program: uh, Fremantle star Andrew Brayshaw is in doubt for Saturday's clash against Brisbane after failing to get through main training. Appears to be go. carrying a knee issue. Sorry, so back was wrong, knee issues right, and. Uh, trained away from the main group, as you mentioned, and then wasn't a part of the match simulation. So if he does miss, um, just to round out that conversation, I think you can safely jump off Brayshaw, given that he's carrying an injury and that would keep him out for a game. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, a few more mids, so we can't get through, but but Zaki Merritt off, off his um, bogus suspension, as, as JD would probably agree with, um, yeah, uh, might have been the difference on Anzac Day, but who's to know? Who's to know? Kind of needed some leadership in the fourth to stop us just getting absolutely walloped. But hey, moving on, 87 break even, so that's pretty good. Positive, um, I think yeah. the only downside with Merritt is, and this is why we were originally going to wait a little bit longer for him, is that we've got um, Geelong, Port, Brisbane, the next three. Port, actually, all those sides have been pretty good at stopping scoring this year um, from at least a fantasy perspective. I'm not sure Geelong, that holds true for Supercoach, but... Um, yeah, these are three tough games. The the fixture in terms of midfield friendliness opens up after that. So if you're in a position where all you can afford this week is Zach Merritt um, and you want a midfielder because you're full of other lines, I don't mind jumping on him. But he is someone that's more in the back of my mind that it's like, oh, round nine, round 10, that's probably where I think he's going to be, you know, 550K, maybe, maybe still around the same price, but then the fixture opens up. Yeah. You like my favorites, I know. I would yeah. have started him if he didn't have Finn McGuinness in round one. It's just the safest pick. I watched not owning him last year. It was mad what he did post by. He just got two tags right at the end because because he was just so out of control. Like you had to, you were tanking if you didn't tag him basically. Yeah, and he probably would have gone one twenty five without those tags post by. So yeah. look, every year gets to five hundred. The only reason why he got to five hundred last year because he got a, like a head knock. But look, I think he's low break even. Port, he has Port in two weeks and they tagged him last year. So that does concern me. I don't know whether they do or not. Um, so I guess you can wait on him, but he there's no chance I don't have him in my team at some point. Do you remember who they used to tag him last year? Was it Pau Pepper? Was it Drew? Drew. Okay, because Drew has been getting midfield rotations like 50%, 60% a week. So it's, it's like, you know, if they, the if, they, if they tag him, you know, it's... It's not like they have to force a change in the midfield rotations, which is somewhat scary. Well, I think Parrish has been good enough where he's in consideration for attention. Come on. Not even close. Do you reckon? Nah, not even close. Merritt is okay. just like the inside 50s from Merritt. And it's part of what we missed on the weekend. Like our, our entries okay. just weren't as good outside of Nick Martin. I just didn't see like, yeah. Parrish has been good, but not to the same level of Merritt. 
I just thought like because like you know how teams were taking Libba where like Bond is better, that sort yeah. of thing. Like, you get same, same with Blair when Dawson's there as well. But yeah, yeah no, I, I think I think Merritt's still probably the the key to Essendon. Yeah, he's a comes great to, comes down to the, the tag you have as well. I guess yeah. what their strengths are. Uh, we'll heap in Parish with that, I guess, as well. 110 break even, just a bit cheaper at 555. So I think I disagree with you, JD. That run, like you said, like, I keep saying don't read into fixtures, but it does really, really open up. And with that possible tag, don't know who's it's going to um, against Port and just a couple of tougher fixtures. I'd, yeah, I'd like waiting till about round 9 or 10 when um, it really opens up and just only for that back half run that he always goes on, merit. And then I probably won't look at Parish personally, but. Um, I know he's a bit cheaper, so if you're struggling for cash, he's there as well. Sort of say, you know, had a big second half um, yesterday. Now, another interesting one. Um, one that sort of popped up sort of late, I guess, in relation to Tuke as well, is is Fiorini, who obviously isn't in the price of any of these, but is still a target probably for this week, maybe next. But he does have a 46 break even and he's at 311k. So... George, a couple of years ago, he went on a big run in, in the post by of 2021. 107. Like, no, 108, 108. Yeah, 108 for about nine or 10 games, maybe, eight or nine games. He's 25 years old. He's sort of never been able to hold a spot down in the midfield, and for good reason, I guess, you know, Raoul, Anderson, and Took. Took out for, look, we don't know, but I'll, meniscus, I'm saying it's at least a month, really, and possibly more. Maybe, you know, I think they have the early buy, but probably post buy. Is he someone you think about? Um, Not in this format. Is he going to... He might be fourth. We don't even know where he's in the pecking order. So number one and one and two are Anderson Rao. I think third probably... Well, most likely, I think Swallow. So he's been getting a fair few this year. And then maybe fourth, Fiorini. So look, I don't know what he can average. I think he can do like 85 plus. I yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the setup is. They have a bunch of other guys they can throw in there. We know Flanders is back in two weeks, who might get some opportunity. I'm not sure. They mentioned Bailey Humphrey could get a chance through there. Like Elijah Hollands can go through there, but I think he's been a bit out of form. They might want to throw him in the twos for a bit longer. There's a name I'm missing as well. Don't remember. Uh, regardless, it's not really. He's not a keeper. He's on borrowed time. Um, and I'd just rather get premiums in because it's like a yeah, limited trade format. So I guess if you're flush for trades, you could think about it. Um, but I'm not exactly sure what his CBAs will be. Yep. So I'll probably just pass and yeah, go safer route. Yep. Could be good though. For people that wonder why some, some get excited about Fiorini, I think his last 14 VFL games where he does play is just that on baller. It's like 133 Some fantasy average over that period of time. And as George mentioned in 2021, the back end of that year, we saw that translate into super coach scoring as well. Uh, but yeah, does he get enough on ball time for that to be the case this year? Still not sure. The, the puff piece obviously came out, but it was a mix of he'll get more time, but also he doesn't need to be took. Millie just needs to continue to play his role. Uh, and that's been, you know, mixing in half forward. So, um, yeah, I, I there's almost no way I'd go on this pick this week. I would wait one. And if it, if it does look like he's going to get 70% CBAs and jump on, but, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't do it to myself this week. 
Yeah, it's really hard in Supercoach. Like, where are you going? Like, you're sort of just sideways in a, I don't know, Ashcroft or I guess the big one would be you're taking the 130 out of Setterfield and using that elsewhere. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You'd be using a boost to do it. I don't know if it's just logical in Supercoach, uh, sort of a pick like that at this point in the in the season. Um, but he definitely can. If he gets, if he's third, like clear third right ahead of Swallow, he can most definitely do... 90 plus and at that price um, we'll make a fair bit of money all right that's all the mids a couple of guys who well are also mids but they are predominantly forwards uh, for super coach uh, anyway is cogs and butters both guys sort of similar price and similar break even so cogs obviously had a big sort of bounce back game in a way put it put it all together and went 130 plus is now just under 500 with a 49 break even so it's Sort of now, you want to get him at that price. I don't know if he tons up, say he might be 520-ish next week, so still affordable, but, you know, last week was a great time to get him right at, at 480. So um, what do we think of Cogs? Guys, I uh, think George doesn't have him. JD, you have him? No. I do, oh, you do have right. him, yep. You yep. do, right. Yep. Part of your big week. Advise others to jump on board. I don't really want to own him, so I, I probably <laughs> wouldn't advise him, uh, advise people jumping on. Yeah, I, I like he's been disappointing from a super coach perspective. Uh, I'm a little bit worried that he hasn't scored well with the team altogether. So he scored we okay in out. round one after Perryman went down, and then Perryman's been out, came back this week, but then Green was out. So, like, Jelly was out. You know, he, he's, yeah, he scored well when, like, oh, in that first game as well like jelly was concussed and then he had a big fourth and it was like all right week two but then no good week three so i i just i'm i'm really unsure as to what cogs is i guess on the plus side he is 79 cbas for the year so far so the role is absolutely there and when comparing someone like butters like that is a concern for butters do they um continue to move around his mid time or just not give him enough where that concern's not really there with cogs it's just it's a bit like owning Toronto. You just have to watch the kicking and the clangers and then decide if you want to put yourself through that each week. So, yeah, I think you can get on. 500K is a good price point. He probably does go low low to mid-100s from here. But, um, yeah, it's just been a hard slog uh, watching and owning so far. We've had one one good week um, since I got him. So, yeah. Yeah, getting him, I guess, when you did wasn't uh, as optimal. But what do you think, George? I know you're not the major fan either um, oh, I love Cogs I worry he's never played 22 we saw him need a rest towards the end of last year he's playing a high mid minutes like I think he only had three games last year above 80% CBAs yeah three and this year he's already had four so the CBAs have actually gone up um, since like in the block where Leon left um, in that period so yeah the CBA is actually better than that period last year which gives me a bit of confidence. Honestly, I'm broke as hell and he's sub 500 and he's the role is there. It should stick. And I will take a 95, to be honest. If that's okay. where he is, I'll take it. All right. So Sydney Swans this week, second hardest midfield to score on. Dogs the week after, fourth hardest. Pies the week after that, first hardest. His fixture is so scuffed from here. Just, just, just saying. What was Brisbane before the weekend there? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. It was a good question. It was actually interesting that they um, could all be scored on, right? They did well, yeah. And then, but four of the ball, Dines just dominated and 
Charlie kicks uh, seven, but Butters George, like we'll, we'll group him in here, right? He's not much more expensive, maybe fifteen k. Similar break even at the moment, but it's probably skewed towards wow. last week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You uh, worry with Cogs? You worry with Butters? The same. Cogs should have twenty to twenty five percent more CBAs than Butters for the rest of the year. Um, I think. I think Butters got the fifty five last year, last week. Um. Butters a bit younger, which I like a bit better. And uh, who's got the biggest ceiling? Probably both have similar, but Cogs has probably shown the bigger one over the past year. Uh, just I think both of their durability isn't super great. I think Cogs probably a little better because he cops less knocks, I guess. Um, kind of not too keen on either, to be honest, but probably edge Cogs just because of the CBAs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Port. I mean, Porter. Really, it's like a five-man rotation, and it's all evenly split. Really, maybe Rosie is the number one, and then sort of split amongst the other four. So it's a yeah, a little bit of a downside for Butters, I guess. But he's probably never going to be like you know seventy plus eighty guy. Really, it's maybe sixties at best. So I think I like Butters more at some point, but it, uh, yeah, it's hard. Because you know Cogs is probably pretty safe and a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're sort of both bearing 50 break even, right? So if you really want them, you're probably going, at least, yeah, you're going this week. Um, I've, I've, yeah, hopefully get a spike score. Um, all right, we've still got a bit more to get through. Now we go back to the defenders. Um, the main guy uh, is Will Day. Everyone's sort of waiting for him off suspension, obviously a couple of two weeks. Um 450k had that you know that last game he played right was a was a ton and and looks looks really good and rose from 400 I think made the 50k that week but his break even's 15 so really if you were impressed by that and you're interested you got to get him this week um, start with you JD I know you are a fan held him in other formats yep he jumping on yep 115 average last three they're the three that's been playing midfield looks to be their best. CBA mid, they edged him up to 80%. He was best on ground for the two weeks before he got suspended. I don't see why his role changes, apart from Nash looking really good, to be perfectly honest, um, while day's gone. But yeah, he is a very good player. I'm totally sold on his talent, and I think the role is going to be there. So for 450k, this is the type of gamble I need to make, given I have low funds. Uh, so, yeah, a bit of a blessing for me, to be perfectly honest. I would have liked it to have been one week suspension, so I could have done it last week. Would have also saved me from Took Miller because they was my preferred trade target last week. That's a little bit a uh, bit of a shame. But, yeah, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm keen for him. I want I want him. George. So I'm just trading out Brayshaw, my fantasy team. What a mess. <laughs> um, don't. No, he looks good. He's done what one fifteen in the mids. Uh, I think the um, sixty to eighty percent CBA role holds because he's their best mid. It seems. Um, yeah, I think he's a good pick, but for whatever reason, I'm going Cogs. I think it's more the fact that Cogs has done it for eight years, nine years in a row, and Day has done it for four games, three games. Day looks really good, though. 
if you see them both going low 100s, a low 100s in the forward line is probably going to be better than low 100s in defense, to be honest. I don't know. I guess we could have the conversation how the defenders are looking and really outside of those big three. What else is, you know, yeah, I don't think we're going to, Doc's not 110, Sinclair maybe not this year. Sis is, well, infuriating if, you, if you're an owner like me. I think it'll be all right. Well, maybe. JD, the more you look at the, the line. Yeah, six, I agree. Six yeah. rounds in, but, you know. Okay. I could be sold That's, on that. I mean, I'm, I'm going gay, you. so I've already got <laughs> cogs. So, yeah, 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 that's um, fine. Yeah, he's a keeper, sure. Yeah, totally. I'm, yeah. I think yeah, Day's so. only concern is his body. Um, and I think you somewhat insured against that a little bit just because you're paying 450, you're not paying, you know, 550, 600 for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a good option. I think he'll do high 90s. Yeah, I, I'll go. I'll go bang on a hundred from here. I think he does. Yeah, it's interesting though. I've like from our um, some of our groups, he's not a preferred option, like at all. It's Almost the body a... that stresses me out for me. It's yeah, maybe but we... that, but it's also Hawks JD, and I've owned too many Hawks players to begin this year, and I don't know if I want another one. And I don't know what they do with the mix, right? You know, I guess they drop Ned Long, right? Who's wasn't really playing mm-hmm. midfield, but then what happens? So I guess Warple gets shoved more forward. Nash has been playing really, really well. Um, Newcomb obviously is a bit of a mainstay. Um, I don't know. Does he get back to 80s like what he was getting? Which was just one game, mind you. It was 60s before that. Been uh, trending up, though. Trends uh, your friend. Yeah, okay. 63, 65, 82. I'll count the 60s as whatever because it depends on the goals kicked in the game. But... That one game with 80, right? You know, Nash was just, I think he just maybe entered the midfield. No, I don't know. It's, that's my only concern. The tankathon over here at Hawthorne, we got James Sicily running off the ground with three minutes to go and his direct opponent kicks a goal. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I wanted more part no. of it. That's all. The good news <laughs> is they play the Bulldogs this week. So they, they won't need to worry about winning. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think, yeah. Now or never, really. I mean, not never, but uh, very much preferred now. Um, and then Sinclair, we've really spoken about it. And Stuart's the other one who, um, again, sleepwalked to another 110. Um, sitting at around 600K now, I think 597 and a, a about a 98 break even. So still pretty gettable. Um, big run of games at home coming up. That's where he likes to... Do the business, Geelong choke every team that goes down there, make the ground look really small and just uh, laps it up behind the footy. So still a pretty good option in my eyes and and a really good buy, of course, George. So I don't know, mate, there's not other options, you know, as we were just saying that are, you know, around the 110 mark. You might have to look at Stuart this year, mate. (laughs) Wait for injury. (laughs) We we already had it, mate. Happen again, always does. <laughs> no, that's a pretty dumb way to play the game. Um, you probably, the fact if he that does, probably now he's clear like top three, and yeah, uh, last year it was you know, oh. there was five others. All right, there, there are people that are waiting for English's uh injury <laughs> and they cost to get tagged, so I don't know. They're at 30 you, you do you, I guess. <laughs> Traded him in fantasy last year, and oh my god, the guy you still got that go in 80. your head because he got I can't believe that he got one mega tag. 
Yeah. No, he looks really good. He's actually his first full preseason in ages. I think you mentioned that. Um, I mean, yeah, he's top three defender. What more can I say? But I'm just going to death ride because I can and it's free. <laughs> anyway. You can't afford him anyway. I got to get a sub 550 at the moment. That's part of the problem, right? He's still 600. So really only dropped for that one week and, and went straight back up. So, um, yeah, I'd like to get him. It's just the price makes it a little bit hard. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll look at him. Get him at some point, JD, I'm sure. Um, you're looking at Dawson as, as the same. So, yeah, look, yeah. If, you're going to want him in your team unless you're Jordan and you just have to ride an agenda for the rest of your life. It's not possible to turn that around. Then, yeah, he's clear <laughs> this year. <laughs> Let's move on. Been a big one. We've got some rookies to cover off and then uh, maybe some captaincy. So... Clear number one guy this week, boys. Is not much to say, although we said that last week, and I don't want to curse him, but uh, Matty Roberts didn't go down well, but of course, injury. So Seamus Mitchell looked really, really good in the first two weeks um, of his AFL career. Takes the game on, just your classic Irishman, bit of a I don't want to say he's like McKinnon a lot, but he's he's a pretty similar player in what he does. Uh, always like what they bring. Brought in by almost 30,000 coaches. So, obviously, he's a big reliance for a lot of us on making some cash. And um, I think he's played well enough to stay in the team. So, obviously, all goes well named. He's all coming in to your team, boy. That's yep. nothing else can be said. Yeah, I think he's good enough to hold his spot. Played well. Played on Rankin. Rankin didn't do much. Yep. Did really well. He can find the ball. I think he did in the VFL. He's one yeah. game, one or two games back there. So, no, he looks good. I've probably filled him. Not super confident, but I think he's better than like Cowan Wilmot. Comfortably. I, I feel like he offers something different to some of the other defenders as well. So, I actually like him in their mix. Yeah, I agree. You see Jays and MPs and all sort of do similar thing. Yeah, don't mind him. Um, I think they got to persist, but we'll see. That's another, another tankathon player. Um, Corey Wagner, who. It was probably not really on a lot of like on people's radars, but I wasn't super interested with just how he's played and worried about his spot. But Heath Chapman, uh, this Arvo today, uh, their main training also that uh, we found out about Brayshaw Chapman's gone down as well with with a hamstring. So I guess it was a main threat to his spot. But there's still guys like maybe Nathan Wilson. I still feel like he might be teetering on the edge and is a little bit of a risk. But I guess you can be more assured that. Uh, Chappie's out the way for a little bit. So 117k defender mid. Um, any interest, guys? If you were obviously getting two rookies, would he be amongst your second? No. Could be good. I can't risk a job security. A poor job security rookie. Well, I don't think he's a good player at all. So he's been delisted yeah. twice and he looks like one that's been delisted twice. He has a good role at least. So. I think I was saying in my video, at least he brings a bit of energy to that back line. Like he's proactive, whereas the rest of yeah. them are, can't be fucked doing anything. Or they must like get frustrated lazy. with him because he's not just playing kick to kick in the back line. He actually wants to try yeah. and move the ball forward. Yeah. Luke Ryan's like, hey, babe, get back here, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me in the back pocket. I need another kick. 
you bastard. But even um, when he was trying to take it on, it hit like the opposition on the chest a few times. Uh, look, and even some that, of them yeah. were like close calls as well. Yeah. I don't think he's future piece for them, but look, man, I don't know. I don't know if he holds, and that's not enough for someone with already poor bench. So I'll pass. Fair enough. JD, you see the same? Uh, if I had to go another rookie, it's probably him. I don't know. I could see it being who we're going to talk about next. But yeah, like I think given that like defender mid rookie has been pretty rubbish, I could see people wanting to move on, someone and put him in. And I don't mind if he holds this week. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think it's him. I guess there's upside if he holds it. He will make more cash than... The next guy, Sam Sturt, who I think Actually, is hold, hold more locked on, into the team. Like Dill Williams, we kind of like he was the one that we had number two last week, and then we avoided because he ended up being the sub in the end. Yeah. But his job security seems to be pretty good with Kane Farrell out for the short term, um, like with a broken jaw, I think it is. Is there any chance people should be looking at him if they really want to bring in a second rookie? Like 160K, he's got a break even of four or something like that. Yes, he's now got this 37 in score, but I mean, he looks, I think, better than. Um, at least Wag Wagner, yeah. Mm. Is he going to get to three hundred? And look, we probably uh, can't set yeah, the target. One sixty. Yeah, it's I so can't do that. Frustrating. Could be sub risk going forward. Obviously, job security's improved now, but I can still see him being sub. I okay. think I take Wagner still. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Williams enough. I'd probably take the punt on him. Yeah. Very uh, easy to say. With none of us need a second rookie this week, so <laughs> I will add that. Um, I do. George does. Yeah, well, you're going this next guy, aren't you? Oh, Sammy Sturt. Yes, yeah, Sturt. I thought he looked all right. He's had ceiling games. Had one in the preseason. Had one a few years ago. He was a rookie for us. Look, looked like a must-have rookie, and then got injured. He played 17 games in the waffle last year, so it gives you a bit of confidence. You can put through a month or two together. I think they have to play him. They got injuries up forward. Freddie's out as well. I'll go Sturt on my bench. Yeah. Um, Roll is worse what, than Wagner, but I'll take it. What's the rest of your rookie situation up front? Because I could just see like there's probably a ton of teams that have like Davey, Green, one of like Ryan or JVR, maybe Chandler still. And then you're like throwing Sturt in the mix. It feels like you yeah. have to fall, yeah, you have to like field two of these forward rookies every week. And I think we're getting to the point where like I don't really want them on my bench. So, like, are you, are you worried about the the F6 that you're going to have to field each week, bringing in Sturt? If JVR has North this week. <laughs> so He look, might not get subbed out and then kick through in the last I can again. loop Sturt and JVR for a few weeks. And look, it's not ideal, but it's literally, like, the least of my problems. Given okay. Cash. So, um. Look, oh, I've been feeling Cowan. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, he's a talent. He was top, I think he was first rounder in 2018. Yeah. I don't know why he hasn't been playing, but he looks good. Um, so, yeah, I can loop rookies for a bit and just hope that I can get like a 50 out of one of them. I mean, I've been playing Wilmot and Cowan for ages, not ideally. Um, but, yeah, I uh, will probably get him off the field in three weeks. So, yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. At least I can loop. Um, and also, I think uh, I'll get Chincotta next week, so that means I can take take him off the field, actually. Yeah. 
well, I'll just ruin the next part, George, but yeah, we'll go to Chincotta, who has played one, of course. We'll just talk about a couple of guys that have played one. Yeah. I guess a few people might have already gone early on him and they might do that again this week, but I'll be waiting just to make sure that um, when Saad is back, he's still in the team, but I think that'll be at the expense of Cow. And so really it's Doherty and I think listed as two to four and we just really won't know. I think Chincotta was probably one of the better five or you know, so players on the weekend and in a loss. That bodes pretty well. So, um, pretty confident, but I'll still wait the week, take Seamus this week, and um, yeah, hopefully look at him next week as a downgrade from, um, yeah, one of the defenders, one or two Ks, obviously very nice. So, I um, don't really need to speak much more. I think he'll be, yeah, the number one target next week. And the other one, Sam Simpson, who, you know, probably a lot of people forgot about. I think he played a game for maybe 600 days. Um, Maybe I think it was a qualifying final in like 2021. Um, you know, it was a part of their teams uh, across a couple of year period there. Played quite a bit, but uh, 160K, um, scored an 80, I think I want to say, was it? A couple of goals. Um, but yeah, a bit of an elevated price, but probably stays in for, you know, Stengel's out for a while. Um, they got a couple of other injuries. So yeah, look, one to monitor, but yeah, a bit of an elevated price hurts a bit and playing like a forward role. So, um, yeah, half forward, something like that. One to look at, but, yeah, only a desperation, I guess, in a couple of weeks or next week. The other one is Angwin from the Giants. Had 20 touches. They've On got the a wing. few injuries. Yeah, they have a I few think, injuries. So was it Cooper week. Hamilton that got dropped for him, was playing a bit of wing? Um, Honestly, I haven't looked into it. I just want to cross that bridge next week. Yeah, I think Hamilton, that, the kid that... Bleached his hair, but yeah, 20 touches for 60 is not amazing. But look, 123k if we're struggling and you need the second one next week, he might be, he might be it. Um, yeah, so we'll see. All right, um, captains, can you guys try and help me? Not uh, English day costs this week, every week, (laughs) every week, English day costs. Don't think about anything else. So, man, it just got bonds 180, you prick. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh that Hawks match. And I do nice, it though. again. <laughs> <laughs> so could Bont. That's my point. My God. Yeah. Against Hawks. Uh look, they've been all right. Maybe Nash, you know, maybe it's a bigger body can look Bont's Bont can probably still go well, but maybe they can quell him, whereas yeah, <laughs> English, I don't know if you can quell that man. <laughs> um yeah. I know you don't know Clarity JD, so maybe it's a bit different because against North might be a big one, but um yeah. Uh, would you vice no, would you vice, vice Captain Clary over English or Bond? Uh, this week I will, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to say it because it's been stupid all year, but I think I'd do English into Clary and find another reason not to do Dacos. But um, <laughs> uh, probably English into Clary, I think. Yeah, it's very annoying that um, Dacos has been the last. Keeps playing Sunday. Yeah, yeah I, like I want him to be my vice captain. Can you please stop doing that? I guess he's probably the safest C though in the in the game, really, because you know you're getting that minimum one hundred, really. But it might not just be a one forty because look, he did forty and two and went one forty, right? You know, if that's Bond, he's gone yeah. two hundred. But yeah, he's probably a very very. He's the safest captain if you need a backup, which I probably should have clicked in my head last week that you know 
just need a solid captain score go Nick because you know you're going to get at least a triple probably a ton um, but yeah there's quite a few good matchups this week which in turn uh, there's quite a few dull games um, but there's a few options English's lowest score for the year so far is a 131 <laughs> um, so yeah I yeah. can't see myself uh, unless I go Bond that's like the only thing just because Bond is in you're starting Ceiling. to get that patch of form yeah, uh, and his track record against Hawks is pretty good. Where I don't think English is is as good, but I do wonder with um, the Hawks this week whether they send Nash to to man him um, and kind of keep him more accountable than what he has been. Not sure. I'd say most likely, right? You know, Libba's out with concussion. Baz's test with the calf. So it's, yeah, I don't see how that probably doesn't happen. Nash would go to him. Um, what are you looking at, George? No, Oliver into Dacos. Yep. I think my preferred C is Oliver this week. Well, the highest ceiling this week, I think, is probably Oliver against North. So I want the VC on him. I wonder if Keyes goes to Dacos. It wasn't like a hard take on side, but he spent some time on him when Keyes was on him a few weeks back. I think Saad, if he didn't get injured, probably would have gone 110 anyway. Um. Yeah, I think I'll run it with Oliver. Oliver, a few down games due for a big one versus North, who are garbage. So we'll go with that. Probably the last time I forgo English VC, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you a bit. Not risky, but you're sort of just pretty safe with English at the moment. Um, should do pretty well. Any last thoughts, boys? I don't think uh, there's much more to go. We've had a, quite a long one, talked about a lot of players. Maybe last quick shout out to the leagues, which we should do every week because uh, I thought maybe a bit of a down week, but no, still went pretty well, held a lot of spots. I guess it was, yeah, quite a tough week for a lot of people, but um, still I think the top seven, 20 man leagues and then a few below that. So, I mean, that top league is um, like almost 2,000 points ahead of second. So probably hard to see that losing in spot, but of course anything can happen over the course of the year. Um yeah, shout out to all those part of those leagues and and below. Hopefully, keep on keep on going well. And uh, yeah, good luck this week. Uh, probably stream from myself if any of you boys are keen to join um, Thursday or Friday. We'll see. Play it by ear, but uh, yeah, back to normal. You know, long round last week. George went forever, so back to some normal. Dude, I was waiting for lockout. I never felt like that was like. Waiting for lockout that much. Forgot how long anyway. ago that I've missed the Bont 180 and was uh, yeah. yeah got a game in a couple of days. So good, footy's almost back. We'll catch you uh, on the next stream, next video, and uh, thanks for watching. Cheers.